Hello and welcome to Beer Breath Podcast. Um, on today's episode, it's just Sam and I. Um, I guess we, we could call this the uh, farewell tour. Yeah, for the Sam old and rip. I, the old rip episode. Don't know if it's so long forever, but it's so long for now. So uh, this will probably be the last episode you hear from BBPC Manhattan. And it's only fitting that uh, Curtis is not with us today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about entirely. We're going to talk mostly football since we're actually finally coming up on football season. Do a little predictions, do a lot of K-State stuff. Uh, just kind of see where it goes from there. Um, so for one last time, get ready for it. All right, um, so I guess we'll start with the beer, since uh, I have one. It's called Perilous Prickly Pear Wheat by Boulder Beer Co., Colorado's first craft brewery. It's enjoyed since 1979, so I guess if it's been around since 1979, you're probably pretty safe to say it was the first craft brewery. Yeah, shit. Um, Prickly Pear Wheat, it's got a... actually. One of the coolest cans I've ever seen because the top is black. It's like a like the part where you actually drink out of is black. It's oh, not silver sick. like a normal can. But uh cracker open. Holy shit. It's going fucking everywhere. <laughs> Did you grab oh, this my. or is this out of uh, chili stash? This is from Make My Own Six Pack still, but it just spilled everywhere, so uh, sorry, Kurt. <laughs> it's all over the carpet downstairs. That's Clean what you it get. Up later. Yeah. I wonder why I did that. It's been sitting in the fridge for weeks, and I just got it out. It's not like it was in my truck or something. I don't know, but science maybe add some points. Just the excitement level of opening it up and it going everywhere. But uh, first whiff, it smells kind of sour. Ooh. So that makes sense because it only has 12 IBUs, so it's very low on the bitterness scale. Yeah, only 5.1% alcohol, too. Um, that first drink was mostly foam. <laughs> so let me try <laughs> just, just how you like it. Hmm. Don't – not a huge fan of the first initial taste. It's kind of – I don't know what a prickly pear tastes like. It's I think it's off the Jungle Book, right? Isn't that what Blue eats is prickly pears? I have no idea. I think it is. It, but, uh, it, it's weird because on the pour, it pours like kind of dark. Not dark, yeah. but like a dark color. Yeah, when it exploded all over my hand, it looked like a darker like pinkish color. Yeah, yeah, weird. And on the carpet, it looks kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not sweet or anything. It's almost got kind of like a earthy flavor to it. Is it sour, though? No, not really. It just smelled kind of sour, but Uh, I I really don't know how to describe it, and I'm all flustered from it exploding (laughs) everywhere. But I guess I'll finish it, and it's a mess. 
I'm just there's beer all over the table, all over the floor, so I'm gonna have to power through this. Um, I'll keep going. All right, so I guess we'll just go right into K State football. Is that what we want to do? Yeah, I wanted to just start with K State and kind of since we haven't done really much at all, we've as far as ready for football, we probably did a little bit in the spring, but. <clears throat> This one's going to be heavy on K-State, and we'll, I kind of want to go down through uh, position by position and, and see where we feel strengths, weaknesses, breakout players, that type of thing. Um, <clears throat> and then from there, we'll kind of go into the schedule and what we think the team will be in the in the Big 12, from, um, just kind of all around uh, as far as our, our picks there. But um, I've got the I've got the roster pulled up. Do you have it pulled up? You, you don't have to. I can kind of. No. Okay. I, I, I've, I've studied it. Recently, so. <laughs> you studied it you've got it yeah. down all right so mm, pretty much we'll just start like at the obvious position of quarterback so i would say this year and you know obviously agree disagree whatever is a massive year for skylar thompson in terms of his overall kind of his overall career his overall legacy i would say i would say for the most part Granted, it's been up and down. There's the Oklahoma State game. He did amazing. Iowa State, we all know that ending um, where he finished it in with that 17, right? Uh, yeah. 17 with the last play of the game. Had some really nice games, um, some big games, some very uneven performance, though. I, I would say overall it's, he's been uneven and, and honestly probably close to average. Um through his through his first two years, so this is a, a massive year for him. I think he's super comfortable, obviously, with Delton not there and being completely named uh, the quarterback, which which you get. Um, so yeah. I, for one, think he's going to have a really strong year. Um, I just don't see. I mean, I think we'll see what we thought we'd see, you know, three years ago when he was coming out and was a you know a high three star, uh, low four four star recruit. So. I'm I'm pretty pumped. It sucks a little bit that the depth at receiver for him isn't isn't quite where it could have been without some of the the recent things um, with Zuber and Ryzen. But um, in general, I think I think it'll be a, a strong year um, for ST10, as we always say. So. <laughs> yeah, I I think as much as like people say that. The quarterback battle, like I'm only concerned about me. I can go out there and control what I can control. I almost think that wasn't the case for Skyler last year because so much was out of his control, and the coaches also, I feel like, disagreed on stuff. So when you're caught in the middle of that, as much as you want to say it doesn't have an effect on you, it has a huge psychological, like in the back of your mind. If you screw up once, then you might sit for the entire rest of the game as opposed to where if you're the guy – you have the ability to bounce back um, and go make another play and carry momentum as right. opposed to the other way around. But yeah, I think I think he should have a good year. I don't think there's really an excuse for him not to have a good year, or at least better than average year. Um, it, it would be extremely yeah. disappointing if he if he was just uh, I don't know average. I don't want to say average because I don't know what we're comparing that to, but. He needs to have a good year for in scholar standards. Otherwise, it's going to be disappointing. I think, but right, yeah, and I think obviously with with the way the entire roster is, and there's some obvious depth issues and, and some issues all over that 
he can kind of control with his play where the team ends up, I think. And, and that's why quarterback's so important. Because, I mean, a lot of times, like, and I'm almost positive this year will be one of them, where the difference between four and five and six, seven, eight wins is not large ever. In, in most seasons for most teams, it's not mm-hmm. a large gap. And it comes down to, you know, making a play at the end. Um, there, there was games... Uh, like, for example, I think it was Skyler's first start, maybe, against West Virginia a couple of years ago, where he didn't play great. Um, but K-State still had a chance to win at the end of the game. He threw an interception late, I think, in the um, third quarter or fourth quarter. Uh, still only lost by five. So th- there's a ton of plays that um, that a, a big-time quarterback can make. And he, he doesn't have to be, you know. We I saw he got named to that Unitas, right, today? Yeah. Watch list. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he has to be um, like the best quarterback in the Big 12 for K-State to get seven wins, right? Like <clears throat> he doesn't have to be that, but I think he's got to be in the top five, which I don't think is a lot to ask for a, a, a veteran at this point. He's he's going to be a, a redshirt junior, right? Yeah. Is that where we're at? Redshirt junior. So um, I don't think it's a lot to ask for him to be top five. The unique thing about the coaching staff coming in is that they recruited him and offered him. So like he's comfortable with that. That's, that's kind of a a unique thing. And the reason why I'm probably not going to have as big of a leash or sympathy for climbing is because you have a experienced quarterback, you know, it's been up and down, but he's still experienced. And I think, I mean, he's still pretty good. Like granted we said average last year, but he still made, made plays it's just you know the the battle and going through you know the, the season with a you know kind of that stuff lingering over not that that's an excuse Skyler didn't play well in a lot yeah. of times either but um, but also I think if you put any quarterback in the country in that same situation they would be average too between the combination of the quarterback battle and the offense that we ran where the quarterback was just a battering ram and so uh, I saw <laughs> So, yeah, no, that's a good point. I saw something that said, like, K-State, uh, on average, over the last five years, averaged, like, something like 18 QB runs a game. And everyone's like, well, they did that with Easton Stick at North Dakota State, too. And his was, like, 12 to 14. And while that may not seem like a lot, like, f- five to six carries, and depending on where they are, is a huge amount. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with it. The quarterback runs part of college football. So if he runs the ball 10 times, like, that's fine. It just comes down to when he's running them and where he's running them, like down in distance and what the defense is looking like and still trying <laughs> to run run QB, QB power, as we always call it. Who knows what it's actually called. But Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, I think, like you said, it sucks that we don't have quite the tools that we did a few months ago at receiver because that was, that was an area where – Everybody seemed to think that was where we had the most most depth on offense, and now it's kind of a huge question mark. Mm-hmm. But um, it sounds like from the sounds of camp, they're pretty satisfied with how we are at running back and the depth we have there, considering we had one guy yeah. <laughs> at the end of last year. <laughs> um, so Do we want to go on to RBs? The, the rest of the quarterbacks will be interesting, too, with uh, Nick. He has nice ass as, <laughs> yeah. as the backup. Um, who actually in granted we know nothing right so we're, we're talking out of you know pure speculation and the reports that we get but he looks pretty good 
and they've yeah. been talking about him that he that he runs the offense well. He's a smart guy. Obviously, everyone saw the John Holcomb dunk um, <laughs> where he yammed on a guy. Remember, that doesn't Baptized mean anything him. about playing quarterback, unfortunately. Um, but it was sick. And then Chris Heron, who I think is going to get a, a decent amount of run at receiver as far as like actual playing time. Yeah, I think that could happen some this year, too. But, yeah, for sure. And Because, I mean, they've pretty much, I think, committed them to receiver for this year at this point. At least that's what it seems like from camp. Like They kind of tried them out at quarterback, but the quarterbacks, I mean, really the depth's not too bad at quarterback. I could see if there were question marks at depth, but we have, um, I mean, Skyler, who's the unquestioned starter, and then we have two guys that are – I think pretty decent battling for the number two job. And then below that is a freshman, but he's been impressive for the uh, most part by the reports that are coming out. And he was here in the spring, which helps him a lot. So Chris was going to be way behind in the quarterback room anyway. So I think they've kind of committed him to playing receiver, which I I think is a good thing. I mean, just based on the stuff they said, he's one of the better athletes on the team. So that was a big beef I had with the previous staff was if you're a freshman you do your time even if you're the best athlete on the team you're not going to see the field that's just how the way it went but I think this new staff has embraced the red shirt rule and getting guys their best players on the field um, in positions that can help them as opposed to well we got a senior who's been here for six years that um, is put in his time. So he deserves to play over the right. guy that that's a better athlete and way more skilled than him, which right. drove me insane. But, and you said it uh, previously when we were talking. So Chris Heron, when he, I mean, when he looks at quarterback, you're like, all right, he's not a very big guy, but out of receiver, mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like the part, right? Like, cause he's, he's probably, he's, um, I think he's all a six one and like, I don't know, one almost eighty five or something. Yeah, one ninety. So he's not he I mean, he's good wide receiver, college wide receiver size. Um mm-hmm. so I think he'll I think he'll do well there. And like you said, he's you know, obviously super athletic. So quarterback overall, um yeah, I know we were ranked I looked at some other rankings pretty low. We're ranked K State's ranked low in everything because, you know, that's just the way it's gonna be with the with a roster that looks depleted and, and everything like that. But I honestly think this is, you know, one of the top five groups of, of quarterbacks. Granted, we don't know a lot about backups. Um, yeah. Obviously Texas and OU are obviously above and we think probably um, Baylor um, is above it and Iowa state as far as quarterback top level quarterback, but mm-hmm. um, Skyler should be battling for that fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, best quarterback in the league. Yeah, um, sure. I don't think there's an excuse not to be, like you said earlier, he's a redshirt junior at this point. So yeah, yeah. Either I mean, something yeah. clicks, or it's just not. He's not the quarterback we thought he was. I guess, but right. All right. So then we talked about running backs, and this one, I actually, I don't know how you can't be pleased after what it looked like. Um, what do you, what would you say, January or whenever Barnes officially announced? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, December, January. So I don't know how you can um, not be pleased because it went from essentially well, a walk-on uh, transfer, basically, in Harry Trotter. Yeah, so Harry <laughs> Trotter was the only one, literally, like 
there's obviously probably some other walk-ons, but he there's Cornelius Ruff, I think, who's no longer on the team. But. Yeah, he's not on the team. So if you're looking at it, they and Tyler Burns came back on the team after he wasn't, so he wasn't there either. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at Jordan Brown, uh, transfer from North Carolina, and James Gilbert, who who will probably lead the charge, uh, like basically a four-year starter at um, Ball State. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there's literally no one else on the roster that was on the roster last year, which is, <laughs> which is super crazy. Um, but it might, it's obviously not a top heavy position. Like, we get that. That's, it was never going to be that. But you've got, you know, James Gilbert, who's a, you know, a thou- multiple thousand yard rusher um, at Ball State, not super explosive, but stocky and looks like he can, can get the job done. Um, yeah, it reminds me as, when I watched him, kind of John Hubert a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's he a little, yeah, he's a little stockier Hubert, but yeah, he, he does he does move around like him. Not obviously breakaway speed. Um, probably, I, I don't know how he is catching the ball, but um, we have other options there. So the the freshman class is nice too. We we've talked about uh, Clyde Price, um, who mm-hmm. looks definitely the part. He he would be the one who looks like the next Alex Barnes type of guy, right? Yeah. Um, six foot 200 or plus um, from there. But um, but yeah, the, I think the rotation will be Gilbert, Trotter, um, Brown, Burns in, in that order too, um, mm-hmm. at least for game for game one. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see. And the nice thing about this, and we've talked about it a ton before, is – their K-State backup running backs, another position that always bothered me is they never played. You had one running back. <laughs> he played the entire freaking time. And we would get – because then, I mean, it was nice because then Angel Pease, for example, in 2012 or uh, William Powell and, or even Dalvin Warmack, they'd come in and you're like, wow, these guys look super fresh. Well, it's like they've had four carries all year. So they are, <laughs> yeah. they are fresh. So – the, the rotating of running backs is is a, a nice thing to see. We'll see different elements of everyone's game, and and then you'll roll with the hot hand. Every, that doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily have everyone get six touches a game, right? Like yeah. sometimes sometimes one guy will only get you know a touch or two, and somebody will get fifteen. That's not what a full rotation means. Like sometimes you roll with with who who's got the hot hand. But um, I'm excited about them, honestly. Like they're they. Mm, no one's real explosive, explosive that we know of, um, but I think they'll do a good. I think they'll do a decent job. Yeah, for considering where we were, um, where we're looking going into the season now is much better outlook. But the other one you didn't mention either—that's a true freshman—is Joe Irvin, who apparently has turned a few heads at camp. And uh, I mean, when you have that many new running backs, I think anybody has a chance to play. Um, but it's nice that. It's nice that we were able to go get some guys that have played a ton of football before that aren't just coming in as freshmen that we're relying on because that would have been a mess. That would have been insane. Like. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't but, get the two grad transfers, that would have been wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been interesting. But, yeah, I think running back almost has turned into – not that it's going to be the best unit, but it from top to bottom, which it has to be since their philosophy is to – rotate a bunch of guys is has a decent amount of depth now but i yeah. guess time will tell but i think yeah i think what you said earlier about 
I think Gilbert will be the day one starter. And then, I mean, I've heard pretty decent things about Trotter back when he was the only guy in <laughs> basically in spring. But, uh, yeah. Plus the Jordan thing about Brown. Trotter, plus the thing about Trotter before you go on is he is white and he moves pretty well. So he's got to be McCaffrey, right? Yeah, that's the only comparison. <laughs> <laughs> There's, Christian there's, run CMC 2.0 is the only comparison for Harry Trotter. Well, because like think about other like he's not Toby Gerhardt, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he's not a big bruiser, so like he can only be Christian McCaffrey or that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the only comparison he can draw at this point. But yeah, I, I think it'll be uh it'll be refreshing to hopefully see more than one running back play the entire game and not see a running back that's tired and then just falls forward for two yards because he's carried it the entire drive or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know if we'll have, uh, I mean, they've got to have four guys throughout the season. You think, right? Like four steady guys that play every game. Or do you think it'll yeah. narrow it down to like two or three? No, I, I think it'll I think you'll still see him in there. Um yeah, it'll be interesting when it gets late game, because I'm assuming Gilbert and Brown are the best pass protectors. Mm-hmm. Um so just based on experience wise. Uh so um and Jordan Brown can catch the ball out of the backfield and he's shifty. Uh, so uh so I think that'll that'll probably cut down on some of the younger guys' carries at the end of games. But no, I, I still think that that we'll see for the most part a, a good amount. The good thing too is we always were so nervous about, especially DT injuries or anyone like that. You're not all in on one guy. If He's he not goes your down. one workhorse, and if he goes down, then you're effed. Yeah, you're just completely done for. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I'll, I like the running backs a, a decent amount. Um, like we said, it's hard not to view it as comparatively to January 1st or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The position that we were talking about, kind of we mentioned before, wide receiver is is interesting position. It's thinned out a bunch based on Isaiah Zuber going to a team that K-State plays, which is <laughs> think what you want about that. Um, I can tell you, I mean – from kind of similar experience, but when you have those transfers that you end up playing, um, the problem, the reason here that the coaches may not be as adamant there is that they didn't have a pre-existing relationship with them. Um, so it's not quite the kick in the kick in the nuts that uh, <laughs> that it would be if if Bill and, and all those guys were still there. But um, I mean, I know it pisses them off. It would piss anyone off. It's I mean you get it from a thing of like, go do your own thing, but it's still like, Hey, you get, you can go anywhere and you chose the once non con P five. That's uh the case they place. So anyways, on that, yeah, we talked about when this before. it could be, I mean, cause he's from Georgia, which that's fine. But when something like that happens and it's the one non con that's on your schedule, it has to feel like from us, the outside looking in, it has to feel somewhat on purpose. Um, cause especially knowing some details about why he left in the first place, um, it has to feel like it was like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to go offer 200 yards when I play against you in the non-con or whatever. Right. But, yeah. 
I, I'm that I'm, I feel I'm like, over it though. It's so I mean, yeah, I'm over it. I'm not holding any grudges. He can go do whatever he wants, what he thinks is best for him. But the whole thing about like, I mean, the transfers is getting pretty insane. I think there has to be some sort of rule in place where I mean, you can't go to a team that's or at least a grad transfer, you're immediately eligible. You can't go to a team that uh, is like on your upcoming schedule because that stuff's yeah. figured out beforehand. So I don't. Yeah. There, I feel like there needs to be some sort of rule, but who right. cares? Anyways. Yeah. So he he would have been the number one returning receiver, but he did not have a great great year um, overall. I've actually was kind of disappointed in his play the last couple of years. Uh, so I mean, he still made plays, but. Overall, I'm excited about Knowles, Malik Knowles, uh, mm. who redshirted last year but still caught two touchdowns, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I love that rule. That's like the coolest rule. Um, yeah, that's, basically that's the only what's cool so thing. awesome about like these new guys. Like Wayne Junk, we won't get into it now, but like the freshman that played significantly last year but still redshirted, like they're still freshmen, which seems insane with right. the rule. So right. I still have four more years to play, which is awesome. But anyways, so I think, Malik Knowles. I, yeah, Malik Knowles. So I think they kind of already came out with it and said it was uh, Dalton, Malik, and Gill as the top three. Did you see that tweet? Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much the case. I don't know yeah. who else would come in and be the third guy. but Right. So that that's pretty set in stone. Um, we saw a Seabass video where he was running with the jugs machine. Um <laughs> So that's Sebastian Taylor, who is um, like probably the freakiest looking guy on the K-State roster, wouldn't you say? As yeah, far as like, I mean, if you put him and Julio with helmets on side by side, it would be pretty <laughs> pretty indistinguishable. And um didn't I think Seabass had a touchdown last year, maybe. He, I don't uh, know. Maybe he got had called, like a couple big catches in the spring game a couple yeah, years maybe ago. Got call, maybe he got called back, but I feel like he had a, a good catch. Maybe he got down to the one or something. Uh, yeah. But only a handful of catches, definitely in his whole career, if that. Um, so I think he'll be in line for the fourth, um, back up at an outside spot. The mm-hmm. one that everyone's obviously um, – I'm actually really excited about Wykeen Gill. I think he could be really solid in the slot. Um, mm-hmm. But the one everyone is talking about is Josh Youngblood, and he's the freshman from Tampa. And I don't know if I've – granted, we never have heard people talk about players in K-State before, but – I mean, it's pretty rare anywhere that a freshman gets as much like ta- uh, positive pub as, pub. yeah, as he's gotten in, in any place, even places that are super open. Um, to have a freshman come in and that could say you know a decent amount about the the lack of depth at at wide receiver, but um, I'm excited about him. I mean, he looks the part. Um, he obviously has tons of athleticism and speed. Played every position in high school, so. I think he'll – I don't actually think he'll retain his red shirt. I think he'll play in more than four games um, and probably will will be active in more ways than than just um, running routes as far as maybe bubbles and, and reverses and, and get him involved that way. So mm-hmm. super excited about Youngblood and, and Knowles. That, those could be two guys that, that run for, you know, three, four years together. Um, so – Granted, I still am nervous because Dalton Schoen had a, I would say, being too harsh, but uh, F, horrendous year last year. Um, <laughs> Compared to like the flashes he showed the year before, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. He had the huge Texas game coming out 
coming out game a couple years ago. Um, then last year, it seemed like any deep ball, you just knew he wasn't going to catch. Um, dropped easy passes, made no contested catches. So hopefully as a senior and a captain who went to – didn't he go to all this stuff? Yeah, he went to Big 12 Media Days. Yeah. I don't know if is, – is that – I mean, that's not them announcing the team captains, is it? That's No, just you're right. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't mean – that probably doesn't mean that he's a captain. But still, like – I think he'll have a bounce back year. I, I think he'll he'll be steadier. Although the last report I think I read was that all the wide receivers were struggling um, as a as a whole. So um, probably I'm still pretty pretty nervous on that. That could hold Skyler back, um, which is crazy because I thought, like you said, wide receiver was going to be good and running back is going to be bad. Now I'm less nervous about running back than I am about wide receivers and mm-hmm. we haven't seen one single running back on our team carry the ball for K-State. There's zero yeah. total carries, right? Yeah. So, not a so, single carry in a, a, in, a, in a football game at Kansas State University. Not a single carry. And there's probably, you know, hundreds, uh, at least, oh, probably not even that because Dalton's by far the leading receiver. So um, Keenan Garber, another freshman, a super slight, I think he'll redshirt, but on yeah. 15 or 20 pounds, hopefully, um, to play. But um, some excitement in the young guys. Obviously, the big guys, Dalton and Knowles, I, have to step up huge. Yeah, I think that's a good thing about receiver is besides, outside of Dalton, every one of them is young. So, I mean, yeah. the only only place they can go is up for the most part, right. which is exciting considering the flashes that Joaquin and Knowles showed last year and hopefully young blood will show this year. Uh, right. But – yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, too, um, part of the thing with the new offense is in the past game, the receivers won't be the ones exclusively getting thrown to, like in the past where we didn't throw any passes to tight ends. Um, or use the middle of the field, even with yeah. receivers. Yeah. Never use the middle of the field, never through the tight end, which tight end over the middle is by far my favorite play, I think, just because yeah. – they're always, it seems like, always so wide open because you can't cover the middle of the field. But um, it kind of sucks because um, in the new offense, we've had indication that the fullback and tight end are kind of going to be hybrids. But um, one of the fullbacks, Adam Harder, got injured in camp, and he's out for the season, and he is projected to probably pay, play a pretty good amount. Yeah, um, H-back probably, right? Yeah, and we don't have – I mean, we have two tight ends with playing experience. One was hurt all last year and is coming back from a pretty serious injury. So that's, that's yeah. another area I'm a little concerned about just from not only a depth but a, the amount of guys we have at that position that can play. But Yeah. So uh, obviously Nick Lenners, that's who we were talking about today in the group text. He um, he has – from camp reports has been doing really well. And, and like you said, come, he's coming off the injury, right? Um, mm-hmm. Last year. So I, I'm excited about him. Blaze Gammon, we've seen for a while. Um, obviously he not just, excited about him, but <laughs> he's just so tall and goofy and like so lanky. Whenever he caught the ball, it just looked like a draft trying to run in open I be- space. I believe we did it. There was zero total catches by a tight end last year, right? I think Wasn't Blaze that, had maybe a couple, but they weren't uh, like I don't know. They were like short. We had two. We had two drop touchdowns. I remember that. Yeah, I do. Har- Harder that. dropped a touchdown, and Gammon dropped a touchdown. 
Um, but Nick Leonard's excited about young younger guy Sam Wheeler, who was a quarterback in <laughs> in uh, Kansas. He's playing tight end now, so he's not related to Pete Wheeler off of backyard baseball. <laughs> he I should wish. be though. <laughs> yeah. he would be obviously. We would have led the whole podcast with that. Yeah. But Connor Fox, that's the guy I'm excited about as a young guy. Definitely looks the part. Already the size of a uh, college tight end. And mm-hmm. um, I think I've heard a few good things about him. What We'll see, obviously, more in the upcoming years. But um, that's with Fox and Lenners, there's two young guys that you can at least have some hope for. And like you said, with the, with the offense in general. It's like, holy crap. Because like you said, you can cover him, but you're never covering a tight end in line with a guy with a corner or safety for the most part. So no. he he has more speed just given than than usually most of the linebackers guarding him. And they're 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 all pretty. We have good size there. So um, it'll be fun to see. Just all you have to do is run five yards and turn around. And <laughs> <Yeah>. just, <laughs> they're literally yeah. open. I think what's kind of exciting too, which um, I don't know, we'll see considering I haven't watched a single snap of our offense, but if we actually do use the tight ends a lot and that's a position where they're heavily involved in the offense, I think going forward that could be a strength recruiting-wise just because not a whole lot of teams use tight ends in the way that we are supposedly going to use them. So, I mean, maybe down the road we could attract some pretty – Elite yeah. tight ends like the Iowas and those yeah, teams can, that always can, have those tight ends. I think the offense is, and I hope it's a little more dynamic than Iowa, but it is <clears throat> it is pretty similar to Iowa. So, yeah, if we could get uh, two tight ends drafted in the first round like Iowa did last year, <laughs> yeah. um, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, O-line, and granted we both played O-line, but it's the hardest position to actually know what the hell is going on. Um, even even harder than uh the other positions that we're guessing on there too but um i think we're fine for the most part it's for the most part k-state almost always is going to be fine up front unless injuries happen and i mean that's just the way it goes i mean you're not going to have huge depth at o-line like really anywhere um but i mean obviously france who's been a three or four year starter tyler mitchell um, Josh Revis. Uh, th- there's a good nucleus of guys. Um, that that I, I think. Yeah, I'm not worried about this year. I think we'll be fine at O line this year because obviously we have guys that have played a ton. Right. Um, which I mean, with any new coach coming in, the scheme stuff's going to be different. But I think for the most part, if you're a senior, you should be able to handle that. But yeah, uh, the thing that very makes me very nervous is coming up because there's potential I mean because I've heard Evan Curl who's a senior might take over that other guard spot for Revis it's kind of a battle between them right now but if that was the case every all five O-linemen starting O-line would be seniors which is kind of terrifying yeah um, which is which is absurd specifically tackles with Caldmeyer yeah. and uh France. France yeah that's terrifying and uh Holtor if we didn't mention him probably the best one, probably the best one. I should have mentioned him. Yeah. Um, in there. I think so, he got, he got, uh, what's the center one? Remington or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he was, was on the watch list for that, but yeah. So, um, I think we'll be fine. It's just obviously 
a lot of linemen like to have that or line coaches. I I didn't like the coach at first. So he didn't look like a line like an old line coach, but I actually really like him um, based on what we've heard and seen. So I, I think he'll be. Uh, I think you're fine, and and it does suck losing. You know, obviously Dickey, who's been here for years, and the O line's been pretty good um, for the most part. Sometimes a little overrated, but you know, turning out NFL talent all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's it'll be a new new system. Good thing about the old line, which we always talk about because we played, is this offense does run downhill on occasion, unlike yeah. previous K State offenses, which zero times out of a million ran downhill because um, it was always in shotgun and it was always side to side, um, mm-hmm. which which is difficult for O lineman to block. Not as fun too. Um, so we'll, we'll see some downhill pistol eye formation, not, you know, not straight old school running, but, um, I think we'll see more of, more of that. And I think we'll see some, some gashes up the middle, um, Mm -hmm. from those plays. Yeah. So I'm going to call the next position defensive line. Um, and when we talk about this, we're always just talking about basically for the most part, the first group, um, so first group, defensive line, strength of the team. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think even the depth that we have at DN too, um, across the board for Dion. I mean, even we got some younger guys at D-tackle too, but yeah, easily the first first group of uh, D-tackles and DNs would be the strength of the team easily. Right, yeah. So at D-tackle, Trey, Deshaun, who's obviously a beast. Um, mm-hmm will be an all-conference probably first team player um joe davies good player um they all, i also saw that thing that he was talking about uh huggins right who's having a really good camp yeah another he's, D- he's D- a young D-tackle. guy i think yeah he's a younger guy uh there's another samoan guy um that uh, he's yeah. talking about yeah he's a true having freshman a, having a, a good uh good camp and then obviously cooper bb is massive freshman um well, there, he's so. he's been playing uh, O line in camp, I think. Uh, did they move him? Okay. Yeah, but uh, they have uh, Coach Mitty's son too, who's a senior. Right. Um, yeah. And then uh, Drew Wiley, I think, is another younger guy that they mentioned. Um, and at Pickle D-tackle. too, right? Yeah, Jalen Pickle. Pickle. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a good rotate. You've got two really really good players. Uh, one stud. And then three, basically one stud and three really good, decent depth players. So you'll be completely fine at D tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talk about DN, and we have Reggie Walker, and then who I think we would agree might honestly be the best player on the team in Wyatt, Wyatt Hubert, and he's only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely in the top three or four as far as best players on the team. And you probably put Reggie Walker in there too. Um, yeah, I would, yeah. I would- uh, depends on which Reggie Walker, but he had, he would have yeah. the potential to be in that conversation. I think Reggie Walker will have a good year this year, especially with Huber coming on the scene. Cause you, you saw how good Reggie Walker was with Jordan Willis, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause attention was paid to Jordan Willis, but now with um, Huber jumping on the scene, you're he, Walker. It's just not possible to, to be doubled and have all the attention and chipped all the time. And if you're going to do that, then we're going to get pressure from the other side. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that Kyle Ball is still on the team. 
<laughs> it, seems like it seems like there. he's been there forever. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's been there like six or seven years. Yeah, well, he played he played quite a bit, I think, as a freshman or a redshirt freshman, and then he got hurt last year. So okay. I think he's only a junior this year. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, um, so some backup guys there. I think we might see that um, uh, lost the roster. Bronson Massey. Down. Yeah, Bronson Massey. But who's the other guy I'm thinking of that used to have like number 83 or something uh, crazy? Cartez Crook Jones. Yeah, so those are some young guys that, that could uh, hop on the scene and get in the rotation. Another good thing, which we talked about rotation with running back, is rotation at D-line is super important and something K-State's literally never done ever. Yeah, I, um, I was going to bring up that point with depth. I mean, back in our heyday, it seemed like we had guys that rotated in quite a bit on D-line, but as recent Snyder 2.0, we did not rotate guys. I mean, every once in a while, an interior guy, but the DN stayed in the entire time. Unless, and even in like the pass rush packages, they just moved down. It's not like they would come out when new guys came in. So, yeah, it was I mean, insane. Obviously, just going full speed ahead every play. I mean, as is with any position, but DN, especially when you're trying to push a guy out of the way. Um, I mean, you get a ten play drive, and you're going to be absolutely dead by the end of it. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I think I think that'll be another refreshing thing is hopefully we have the depth that allows us to rotate some guys along the D line. Um and I've heard him say in press conferences and stuff that I mean we had our jet packages, our like special pass rush um packages and it sounded like they're not gonna use that so much anymore, which I I think is probably a good thing. I mean I if, never, you move, if if you move DNs and yeah. yeah, if you move DNs inside, I mean, you're not going to get much of a pass rush. Those guys aren't going to be able to go – they're not going to be able to do much on the interior of the line. They thrive on having space and getting the tackle out on his own. But Right, and uh, D-tackle pressure is the hardest thing to combat as far as a quarterback. When you get pressure straight up the middle and big mm-hmm. guys – yeah, I was always kind of that way too. It's like it seems cool in theory, like, oh, let's get all the fast guys in. Yeah. It doesn't all – doesn't – work as much um unless those guys are absolute freaks i also heard they were putting gallon down at the end sometimes yeah i heard that too so um on linebackers um move to there two i'm super happy with two starters Patton and sullivan Patton being a senior think he could be an all-conference player um especially behind a stout d line i think um he'll be good we really really don't know what we have even in Sullivan coming back um, Mm -hmm. from an injury. And we don't know a single thing after that with Justin Hughes being out too. Um, So definitely depth, hundred percent depth issues. Uh, Daniel green. I think we'll see him play some this year. Uh, Yeah. And I think even more so now. Yeah. He's yeah. He's, he's our biggest recruit, but uh, another guy, Cody Fletcher, who played some last year, um, is hurt for a little bit of the beginning yeah. part of the season. Um, so yeah, I mean the third linebacker's got to have to be Daniel Green, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And granted, we'll be very limited in three linebacker packages. Um, probably almost never, ten percent maybe. Yeah, goal line and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, Daniel Green will be there, and Eric Gallon will be there, and um, the other linebacker that I was just 
purely based on visual was the young guy Khalid Khalid Duke, I think. Yeah, I don't know if you say it Khalid or Khaled, like DJ Khaled. Khaled. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Khaled, yeah. Um, but, but he looks like, you know, he looks the part for sure. Yeah, for a, fresh, a true freshman, he's got some good size on him. he's got some some decent size on him size and length on him so um Patton is good and I think so I always liked Elijah Sullivan so I think he'll be good still I would put this position as probably the weakest um there in wide receiver linebacker and wide receiver as as two of the kind of scary scary positions Mm -hmm. um for K-State defensive backs um, I'm actually, I, I'm actually pretty happy with the defensive backs as far as just outlook now, obviously all this stuff subject to change when I freak out in the, um, first few games about poor play, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we, we were talking about, you were about to bring it up, but, um, from just today's Twitter, uh, Wayne Jones apparently is getting just ridiculous praise too. Uh, mm-hmm. One of those guys who got in a good amount of games last year, but took advantage of that redshirt rule, right? Yeah. So Wayne Jones and Denzel Goolsby as the safeties, almost a hundred percent locked in as the two starters. It sounds like right now, um, mm-hmm. which is sweet. Like liked what I saw out of Wayne Jones. Uh, Goolsby, veteran guy, not a huge Goolsby fan, but I mean, he, he's still a veteran and and still will be in the right place most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he can move around fast enough to make a play is, is another thing. But uh, corners can't, I mean, no great, great guy. I think this will be a year where A.J. Parker can step up and, you know, make his name as, okay, I'm, I'm the, the next good K-State corner um, and, and work his way into um, – potentially being drafted after next year because we saw Reed and then Duke Shelley get drafted. Um, mm-hmm. So I think A.J. Parker and um, can, can have a really solid year. And then Walter Neal, Walter, Walter Neal is the other corner. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're pretty much locked in. And then they're talking crazy some about who's playing nickel and what they like to do at nickel. Very interesting. Um, I don't know if you heard the uh, – Van Malone talking about it or Klanderman talking about it. Um, but they like to have physical, bigger guys at nickel. Yeah. Complete, complete opposite of what you think. But I think they're <laughs> using the nickel more it's as like as a, a linebacker. Yeah. It's more of like the Rover. Um, like the, everyone has a different name for like the special guy, like a um, mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew or something like that. Um, so I think that's the way they're utilizing him. Um, and it honestly, it's a good idea, especially if in the Big Twelve, the slot guys are not as explosive sometimes as the edge guys. So if if you're in that situation, you know I'm cool with it. Um, it'll be interesting to see a big guy like uh, Jerron McPherson. I heard they say playing nickel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. I don't not. Yeah, I think l- he he played some safety last year too in a couple games. I think he got in. Yeah, no, he played. He played. Yeah, he played a good amount of safety. I just, I don't know about playing nickel. I yeah. feel like that's the other thing too. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, Walt Walter Neal is, um, he's good, but I'm. I'll be interested to see how he does at corner because I mean, it's definitely a lot different position. I mean, you're at a different point. Yeah, 
Yeah. You're at a different spot in the field and going up against different guys. And it's, uh, I don't know, just interested to see how he does one-on-one with receivers. Cause it sounds like we're going to do a lot more press coverage and that sort of thing, which that right. kind of speaks to our corners. Like if you watched a game, you'd be like, Oh my God, they're getting absolutely torched. But it was because we were playing, uh, 12 yards off the ball and I, there's just not a whole lot you can do in some situations, but I think it'll be, I don't want to be a complete switch up where we just play press coverage the entire time. Cause that's how you can get absolutely burnt. Right. Um, but especially think, in the league, in this league. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I'm have mixed feelings about that, but I think it'll give our corners a better chance to be actual <laughs> corners instead of just, catch the play off the ball and just catch the guys to make the tackle. But the, the thing that um, is about playing press, which will be nice this year is even, you know, doesn't have to be all the time is that it goes hand in hand with the pressure. So D line pressure um, always was impossible because everyone would dink and dunk us to death. Mm-hmm. I think we talked to um, Kyle ball, even after games and stuff when he'd be hanging out and, um, He's like, yeah, I mean, it's impossible for a D lineman. You have less than one second to get to the quarterback. <laughs> um, so so I think if you use those in tandem correctly with, you know, not necessarily press, press coverage, like we're not talking like that, but just not 13 yards off the ball, mm-hmm. um, then I, I think we'll, we'll see some positive results and um, either quarterbacks rushing or, you know, having to get rid of it really early or if not taking an extra clutch and then, you know, if the D ends are as good as they should be, then, you know, we should see some pressure there. I think McGee will take over for Walter Neal. Walter Neal. I don't know why I can't say that. We'll take yeah. over for Neal. Um, I've always thought McGee was pretty solid. So, Yeah, he, he played pretty well last year. And that, that goes – I was kind of going to make the point, like, it's pretty evident from the guys, DJ and Duke, and the guys that have made it. I mean, Duke hasn't technically made it because he hasn't played a game yet. But, like, DJ is – DJ was out there with, like, I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know enough about the 49ers roster, but he's out there with pretty much the starting defense, and he was an undrafted guy. So it kind of speaks to the talent we actually had at cornerback, even though it looked like they were getting torched all the time. I mean, right. DJ was one of the better ones, but Duke being a guy that got drafted late and he was hurt last year um, just kind of speaks to the talent that we actually did have at corner. Um but, we have a ton of guys at corner too. I know, obviously, it's it's a position where you have a lot more guys, um, just because there's four slots that are playing and five slots really. Um, but Logan Wilson was a name I've heard, uh, mm-hmm. young freshman Tyrone Lewis, another guy um, that we've heard as well. Who who's? Uh, I think we skipped over. Uh, what's the other big guy? Jonathan Alexander. John Alexander, yeah. Yeah. Um, so some guys that, that, that could be solid. So, yeah, I mean, even at corner two, you have Daryl Patterson who played some last year, who was a Juco right. guy. It came in, right. came in with Kevion, I guess is how you say his name. I always thought it was Kevion, but it's Kevion, yeah. I think. Kevion, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, um, and then Hazel redshirt this year. I forget about him, but, um, he'll redshirt and be in line to play safety next year and, uh, return punts and kicks. Yeah, I honestly completely forgot about him until he said something. Yeah, yeah, I, I did too until I just got the roster back up. And then we're hoping that this Jay Crayton, Crayton, <laughs> yeah. um, Crayton, 
Cray Tan <laughs> makes a better name for uh, Cray than Cray Moore did. Um, Cray Moore, as you know, as you know, you just follow Cray Moore. But pretty sure he got a Dewey, Dewey or something and then kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, but yeah, that's a yeah. position breakdown. The last guy we didn't mention, Jacardier Wright, who looks the part too. So we're not sure where he'll play. He's with the running backs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks sweet. And he's from um, kind of Sam Land, super small school <laughs> yeah. up here. But Sam Ish Land. He had, Sam Ish. He had a s- stupid amount of rushing yards in high school. Yeah, he's second all time, I think. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, he looks like uh, DT kind of when he's running the ball because he's a big dude. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where those younger running backs stay. And if we hold on to the two guys in this recruiting class, I mean, um, we're going to have a lot of running backs, young running backs. So it'll be interesting. I know I don't really want – Price to move to linebacker, he could be good. I know he played some in high school, but I kind of want him to stay at running back just because, I don't know, I liked his film a lot at running back, and he was another that guy that had a stupid amount of yards in high school. Yeah. Had a pretty, I mean, it was in Skyler's same division, so it wasn't like it was he was just a man amongst boys. I mean, it was. Oh, uh, yeah, he was. He played real, yeah, real Kansas City uh, football there. I forget, North Kansas, somewhere like that. But, yeah, North, um, North Kansas City is where it was, but. So the uh, the other thing about running back is why he should stay there is those seniors are both gone after mm-hmm. this year, the transfers. So it's going to be super wide open next year um, yeah. with Trotter and then whoever else steps up uh, at running back. Like you, I like Irvin a lot. Liked his tape. I think he was the – and then to hear that he's doing well is is uh, is encouraging too because I, I think he'll be the good um, – change of pace guy but could could develop even into a, a you know a, a big time uh care of the rock yeah and i like to uh i mean the i forget what i was even gonna say i just had a brain fart but uh no the specialists we didn't mention oh yeah yeah that's, that's exactly what i was gonna say i had it on my mind the specialist too <laughs> uh, was uh i mean devin Anktel is they think could be an all American type punter his senior year. Um, and he was, he was, he was good last year. And then Blake Lynch, who hopefully is healthy the entire year. Um, Heisman. Yeah. <laughs> He's the <laughs> smallest player ever to play college football. <laughs> smallest player, biggest leg. Um, but did he miss a field goal before he got hurt last year? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I thought he was 10 for 10 or 11 for 11, but, um, yeah, he can't be much more than 5'3". That's um, <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's pretty absurd to watch. But, uh, okay, I just pulled him up. He was 14 of 16, but I okay. think he was like 10 of 10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, we'll just attribute those two misses to he was starting. The injury was kind of <laughs> biting him a little or something. Knocked him started off. Started thing- sneaking up on him. <laughs> the thing about uh, Anktel is it's just a consistency thing. Like he can obviously bomb the hell out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll just come down to consistency with him. Um, yeah. So pretty solid in the specialist. So that's that's uh, that's an underrated spot. Who knows who's returning kicks and punts? I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I, don't, I think we're gonna take a step back there from from previous years. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, it'll still be. I mean, it's still a big part of the game, but 
I don't think it's going to be, hopefully it doesn't come down to that's how we're winning games. Um, as it has been in the past where we only beat South Dakota cause Zuber had a punt return, but, um, I think it'll still be fine. I mean, special teams is special teams. Um, you just can't, you can't turn the ball over and you can't do stupid shit. Like mm-hmm. that, you can't get penalties on kick returns where you end up starting at the 11. Like mm-hmm. that type of shit can't happen. Um, so is, I don't even know who the special teams coach is, but, uh, I think it's basically Stanton Weber. <laughs> basically. But, okay. But I think Sean still has in some capacity, but I have no, I have no idea, but okay. So you talked about South Dakota. So um, Kleiman actually talked about South Dakota on Tuesday during the presser um, mm-hmm. about how they should have beat K-State. 100% accurate. Yeah. Beat K-State. <laughs> That's not false. <laughs> was the most miserable game ever. Um, got the win, did the sigh relief, whatever. So this year I'm hoping that the whole mindset of the coaches and Nichols being good, that, that they take that um, seriously and uh, – I think they return a quarterback and running back, but yeah, they no have, one they have they have a decent quarterback and yeah the running back. I think their top receiver I saw just got arrested, so oh, that could be pretty big. Clutch, yeah. Um, but yeah, their their offense is very experienced. I don't know a whole lot about them. I know they beat KU last year. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I know about them. But I and know their quarterback is still there. They're they're a top 10, 15 FCS teams, so they'll mm. be a, a challenge. I think that K State can get by them. I think I also read they only have one returning O lineman, um, which should be pretty sweet for D line that has probably almost a hundred starts between our D line. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully, should be able to tee off on them a little. Right. So that. But that I also be think they're a run heavy team too. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So that that's um, I, I think hopefully you know we can hold them to under fourteen, and while the offense gets into groove, can be something like a twenty-seven fourteen um, game for K State. So uh, I, I mean, I'm not that doesn't sound that unreasonable, right? Like I I don't know what you think about uh, game one, but that's kind of where I'm I'm feeling. Yeah, I think it'll be close for sure. I mean, every season. The last however many we played an FCS team. I mean, Central Arkansas was very close until the second half. Right. Um, we should have lost to South Dakota. We did lose to North Dakota State in whatever year that was. Um, 13. Yeah. It seems like there's a couple other ones that might have Eastern been Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky, yeah. Holy piss. Hail Mary, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I They always – the first game of the season has always been the most – well, I don't want to say the most frustrating, but – it sucks that we haven't had one where we just kind of come out and steamroll them, which yeah. I don't, which that won't happen this time either. But so I think it'll be pretty close, like you said. Like yeah. hopefully, hopefully win by more than seven, like ten to fourteen. Yeah, we'll see. Right. It 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 should be at least a good test to get our guys. I would my, I would hope frame. too, which we've done a poor job of against these teams, is establishing the run. Like I hope we can establish the run. If the offensive line can't, and I get it, they're a good team, but you got to think that offensive line is is much more powerful and just better than Nickel State front mm-hmm. seven. So yeah. um, hopefully we can establish the run and and kind of work that way to play action um, for Skylar. So yeah, I think they about have that. a couple. I think they have a couple D1 transplants on their defense, yeah. but um, 
I can't remember. I read I read a little bit on them, but I don't know enough to be an expert on nickels. But <laughs> the 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 greatest part of this is potentially, and I don't want to jinx it, but the weather outlook is looking fantastic for oh the first God. time in the history of a K State opener. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'll be down there with um, my parents and my roommates. So we'll be all at the game. So I'm looking forward to it, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And if we can catch a break and get it under and literally under 95 would be catching a break um but it looks even better than that so yeah no point to say what the actual forecast temperature yeah is, yeah I'm gonna, i'll just it. keep keep it at that so uh, under 100 two, is what we're shooting for yeah so we're, we're gonna say um we'll kind of we're, we're not gonna count like one and oh we'll just say at the end what we think um about the total wins but bowling green they're predicted to be horrible in the Mac. <laughs> so, Fighting uh, Colin Sexton's was the director right. of football ops oh, there wow. last year. He left him a hot garbage mess. He left him? Yeah, I think he's at uh, Northwestern <laughs> now or something like that. Oh, wow. Might have to go talk to him for a spell. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so Bowling Green, terrible. We'll say hopefully K-State can get by that. Mississippi State, first road game against a good SEC team, going to be nearly impossible. Um, some people calling for an upset. I don't see it. Um, unless really. unless the team shows us something very good in the first two games, I don't see it at all. Right. I don't. I don't think. I. I think it could be a you know a twenty four to thirteen game like that. Like I don't. I. I don't think we'll get demolished. Um, but um, from there, then it's a bye week, and then at Oklahoma State, who this is a really really. Super important game, I think, at Oklahoma State. And granted, road games are tough, but if K State's coming in two and one, and can win this game, um, I, I don't like. I don't think Oklahoma State. And granted, like we've talked about, they've got you know some guys that are studs battling for QB, but they don't. They lost obviously, um, the biggest stud quarterback ever, uh, <laughs> yeah. in UConn Cornelius. <laughs> No replacing uh, UConn, that's for sure. Yeah, and lately, um, I don't know if I should say lately, but K-State seems to play pretty decent down in Stillwater, the, at least the last two or three times. So, um, I, I, I mean, that doesn't mean anything necessarily for the team this year, but I, I think um, I'm not going to predict a win, obviously, because it's a road game in the Big 12. But with the bye week, coming off maybe a little wake-up call at Mississippi State, not an impossible game, like mm-hmm. right. Like you don't think like. Granted, we. I mean, you can get run by any team, but um, you know, I, I don't think it's that crazy if you were saying K State goes into Stillwater and wins. Now, to outsider people, you know, that may seem like Kool Aid, but um, I don't think it's that crazy. No. Well, I mean, they still they have Okie State. If they have their quarterback figured out, they could have one of the best, better offenses. Because I mean. Chuba, whatever his name is, at running back. Um, and Wallace. Chuba Hubbard or whatever you say. Yeah, and Tyron yeah. Wallace, who's probably the best receiver in the Big 12. Yeah, maybe um, the nation. So that's yeah. true. But So it'll be it'll be a challenge. And, you know, like we said, we're not predicting a win. Um, so that'll, that'll probably go down to the loss. Then it's three straight home games, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, against three pretty dang good teams with Oklahoma obviously being amazing as always. Um, Baylor and TCU will be, you, you definitely have to win one of those, um, t- 
to get bowl eligible. Like that's not even a question. You can't go zero and three on a homestand. And if you go zero and three in a homestand, like that season is turning into poop super quick. Um, <laughs> I think we'll get one of. I think we'll get one of them. Um, it's not impossible to win them both. It'll be interesting if Delton plays uh, for TCU, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I would think by then he's probably not going to be the quarterback anymore. Yeah, I think I think he'll get beat out by then. But yeah. I don't know what TCU's deal – who picked him to go to the playoff? Yeah, who was that? It wasn't Galloway, but it was Tebow. Like Tebow, maybe. yeah, Tebow yeah. picked him, which is insane. They, I think. they have a stud defense in Rieger, but I think it's absurd too. Um, yeah. Jalen Rieger is a good wide receiver, and they've got obviously a ton of mugs on defense, as always, and Patterson's probably the – best second best behind Venables in the entire nation which is obviously painful as they're both K-State guys Um, (laughs) the two best defensive minds or two of the best defensive minds in the entire country Um, after that homestand which is wild because it's Baylor bye week even though it just had a bye week TCU Oklahoma um, hate the buys in the big 12 hate how it's positioned I don't like two buys boring for us and and where they're at is just so random and weird um but then it's at kansas at texas i'm not buying the kansas being good so i don't i don't think that'll be a uh difficult one depends though if k-state's real and after you know a couple losses then you know okay you could yeah. jump them i don't even want to think about that <laughs> no, no point to even bring that scenario up at this point yeah at texas They'll be good, but this, you know, some game like at Texas or um, there's always a game o- that shouldn't be close that is close, right. or a game you shouldn't win that you end up winning. No matter right. how bad you are or who's the coaches, there's always right. one of those games a season. Right, and then it ends kind of in an interesting way. Home against West Virginia, who I think is going to be pretty bad. Um, so I, I think Casey, it'll get them um, at Tech who everyone's got pretty rave reviews for Matt Wells, actually. Um, so I, Tech could be okay. And then it's home against Iowa State, who pretty much has been K-State's bitch for the good part of 10 years <laughs> and would have been last year, but I'm pretty sure they just let him win just because everyone yeah, wanted to. Everyone was like, no point. No point to have the point. same coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> Up like 17 in the fourth quarter, it was absurd. And then just yeah. like. Skyward just like fumbled a snap and like then they just picked it up and scored and it was pretty much nonsense but um yeah the last the the end of the year is interesting because it's um road games at kansas texas and tech but i'm not really that concerned as far as going on the road to ku and tech so um could end on a nice little thing thing. with tech is like wells was brought in to make the defense better but I mean, without getting guys in there, that's not going to happen. So all their talent is still on offense, what little talent they had, I think. I'm just speculating kind of. I mean, because their best player is probably Bowman, who's their quarterback that got hurt at the end of last year. Right. Um, And some of their skill position guys, they have that tall receiver. I forget what his name is. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I I don't know. I have no idea what to think about Tech, which I'm sure – people say about us but tech is seems like the biggest mystery of all time to me next year right um yeah tech yeah tech tech and k-state are probably the two mysteries who if they went four and eight or if they went seven and five you probably wouldn't think either way about it mm-hmm. um 
I'm going to say, as far as the season goes, I'm going to say seven and six. So that's six and six and then a bowl win. Um, wow. What? I don't know. Just coming from Sam's mouth, I never would have never would imagined. Well, I'm thinking obviously 15 and 0. Yeah. But but um besides that, I mean, I think uh I think I think it'll be a a year where it's kind of like you're not sure, but then like we said, we surprise the team and then maybe get I mean, a couple w- wins in November. I hate to bring it up just because there's no point, but Prince's first year, that's what we went. We went to the Texas Bowl and we beat Texas, number four Texas at home, which we shouldn't have. Right. And won a couple other than there. But I I mean, it could easily be just as similar as that where a new re- yeah. regimen comes in. It's kind of re-energized, got some new guys. That was Freeman's first year. Um, uh, I don't, well. We Ian Campbell was super good. So maybe that's <laughs> Hubert or Walker. So, yeah. But I hate to even bring that up, but it seems like it could be. Similar yeah, in ways. Yeah. But yeah, Are you throwing out a prediction, or just we're gonna make a consensus on seven and six? I mean, that's probably where I was gonna lean, anyways. I don't know about a bowl in, but um, <laughs> I think because we'll actually do real bowl stuff instead of murdering each other. Like I think <laughs> yeah, we could instead act- of just making actually- another fall training camp in the middle <laughs> yeah. of winter. Yeah, it's just winter camp, so I think <laughs> that that could actually be a. A nice kind of like you talked about refresher for the team. That's like, oh, cool! Like this is a celebration more than it is just like, all right, let's get ready for spring. Yeah, I saw <laughs> Kleiman. He had his presser Tuesday, and he was mentioning um, how they're going to start throttling it down a little as far as conditioning, so they have fresh legs. And I saw somebody, I can't remember if it was Kellis or John Kurtz or somebody, tweeted that quote out and. I saw a couple of former players tweeting like, yeah. "Whoa, what a novel concept! Fresh legs. <laughs> Who knew those even existed?" And I think, <laughs> I think DJ said um, when he went to the combine or whatever and ran, he's like, he said something about his legs being super tired just from the season and stuff like that. Which obviously it makes sense. Like, why would you? I don't know. It was just yeah. an old school philosophy that kind of became outdated. I think. I mean, we'll see. Time will tell if this new philosophy and way of doing things is successful, but it seems like it should be on the right track compared to what it was. But yeah, I think in a six or seven win season two, will kind of, it'll not settle everything down. Cause I don't know if it's unsettled, but it'll kind of breathe a, you know, a, a life just like, I keep bringing it up, but just like Princeton, it's like, Oh, okay. This can happen without Snyder. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, well, Prince was a goon dick, so like that's way different. Yeah, there's there's a huge differences in coaching and the actual head coach, but as far as like the season and new energy and that that sort of thing could be similar to Prince, but Prince right. was just a massive dickhead and yeah, and so, he had the sweetest assistants ever, which is insane too. So, yeah. um, but uh, on that too, on K State, and you know we're probably went a long time, so there's not. Too many people still tuned in um, to it, but we uh, there'll be some new stuff going on at K State games. So for everyone mm-hmm. you know listening, that's going um, that'll be super fun just to see kind of you know how Kleiman builds the tradition here and his way and you know what the marketing team does and all that. So I'm I'm excited about that stuff. Just pageantry, college football, big 
big part is atmosphere, all the uh, pageantry, tailgating, everything that goes into it. So, yeah, and I'm I'm happy the first game is at night and not an 11 a.m. game. Just to, I mean, because no matter what, night amplifies the atmosphere, even though it won't really be that dark, but the lights right. will still come on at some point. But I think that that'll be fun. I mean, I'm super excited for the season. There's really, I mean. It's what There's I look forward to. So, yeah. yeah, it's what I look forward to. So I'm excited. I don't want to say regardless of what the team does because I don't want it to be a complete flop. But I have my expectations somewhat lower than what yeah. I would have in the past. But um, so I'm just excited to hopefully enjoy the football season. But. And with hopefully with three October home games, you'll get some nice football weather in there. And if not, we still have that game against KU or uh, West Virginia that's middle November because mm-hmm. sometimes Manhattan stays super hot even through October. Um, yeah. But there should be some football-y weather for, for home games. Yeah, and then Iowa State at home at the end of the season is just going to be absolutely miserable. But yeah, it seem, that's, that's, that's kind of tradition at this point. Yeah, yeah that's a tradition that it's always <laughs> miserably cold or, or something like that. So it's that's fine, and they're the weirdest people ever, mm-hmm. um, Iowa State fans. So hopefully can hand them a loss there. But um, uh, from there, what I mean, I guess we can just stay in the Big 12. Do you, I, I think it's a two-team race, and I don't think it's particularly close after that, um, after OU and, and Texas. You yeah. mentioned a few podcasts ago about Baylor. I actually think that that could be a team that finishes third because um, I really like Rule. They obviously went from, what, 1-11 and 11 to 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. Um so that, yeah, that they, can be. They are, uh, Charlie Brewer, like towards the end of the season, he started to really turn it on. I think he's going to have a pretty big year. Um, I think they lost a couple of skill guys. Like they lost Hurd, what a yeah. big running back receiver hybrid dude. Um, right. They had another. They, they still have Mims, though, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if they still had him. It seems like he's been there since Art Bryles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but. Yeah, I think Baylor could sneak up into third. I'm I'm never sold on Iowa State. I know Brock Purdy. I mean, he still he still had his ups and downs plenty of times last year. Right. Um, it's not right. like he was an elite quarterback when he was in, and then when he got injured, everything went to shit. I mean, he still he still had his moments last year where he did not look very good. But so it'll be they lose David Montgomery, who's their workhorse. They lost. Uh, Butler. They got a few good D tackles. Yeah, they lost King yeah. Butler. They got a few good D tackles, so they'll be good. Um, I just don't know. Like, I don't know about them thinking they're going to challenge for second. Uh, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Or it's the championship. Obviously, it would be different if we were fans of them. We'd probably think, hey, we can challenge <laughs> yeah. for the conference. Um, but the thing is, too, like if you think about 2014 K-State, while it kind of – we challenged for the conference. It was still Baylor and TCU that that were well ahead of third place K-State or third or fourth K-State, mm-hmm. um, which could be a, a situation with Iowa State this year. Because um, yeah. I, I like, obviously, Oklahoma. You can't not like them with all the running back talent. Um, they got that good tight end. They've still got CeeDee Lamb at receiver. They've got an All-American linebacker. They've got... Um, they had and, everybody in their secondary was a freshman last year, I'm pretty sure. So. Right, right. I think they lose a ton of the old line, but I'm sure that won't be an issue. Um, 
as much. The the biggest obviously question mark is what he does at quarterback. Um, yeah. What Jalen Hurts does at quarterback. So um, we'll, yeah. we'll see on that. I, I I don't think he's in a position to fail at quarterback, but I don't think he. I don't think there's. He, I said this about Kyler. There's no way he could be better than Baker, and he probably was almost. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> and then so. <laughs> I say that about Jalen, like no way he could be better than Baker or Kyler, and he'll probably come out and throw for – he'll probably be the best quarterback in college football history or something like that. But Yeah, I so I, w- I was uh, – we talked about it before. I'm going with the opposite jinx that I think he'll do good, so then hopefully he does bad. So <laughs> um, the one thing that gives me like a little hope about that game is he's not a guy that's like – um, Kyler or Baker, which by the way, two years ago, K-State had a realistic chance to beat, um, in Manhattan. I, so, I say should have beat almost. I yeah. mean, we had a touchdown, gave up a touchdown, a long touchdown run at the end of the game that kind of sealed it, but right. Yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, I mean, I, we kind of glossed over that one with a quarterback just makes so much difference. So if he's kind of struggling, maybe not struggling, but not lighting the world on fire, I mean, it's not, you know, upsets happen. So um, that'll be uh, interesting there. I'm going to go with – it's so hard to go against OU. What do you think? Do you, are you going to go – To win? Texas? Yeah. So are you going to be finished first or win the Big 12 title no, game? No, we'll, we'll say the game. We'll say the game. Like actual winner goes to the playoff or the Fiesta Bowl or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, I – I can't go against OU. There's just no way, really. I mean, Texas I is still Texas in my mind. They haven't come back all the way. Right. I just can't get that out of my mind. That just yeah, the stuff that they've done in recent history. That I don't know. But I'll I go. Mean, I'll go. I'll go OU um, as well. And I'll say the Big Twelve misses out on the playoff this year. Yeah, I I could see that. I think. I mean. Alabama, Clemson, there's no question those two are going to make it. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they don't, then that's the biggest disappointment in college football. Right. For both of there's those There's no teams. reason. Those teams have just absurd players and great coaches. It's like impossible. Yeah. So those two are automatically making it. After that, I I don't, I haven't really studied a whole lot on, I mean, Ohio State, they're not going to be as good. They have a new coach. Urban's gone. They're going to have a new quarterback. They're replacing Haskins, but they got Fields. Which he could which be better. Who knows? Same bull crap that he's allowed to play, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they'll probably out be west. Who knows what's even going on? I think Utah is the king of the Pac-12. Um, yeah, some people are picking them as a dark horse to make the playoff. Um, right, and then no- Notre Dame should be pretty good. They're coming off a good year, um, mm-hmm. and then it's Michigan's time to put up this year. I would yeah. say Harbaugh, bad, Harbaugh needs this something to happen. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they play Ohio State at home, I want to say. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter. I think so. But the point is, they they should be able to make the Big Ten championship with zero or one losses, win that, and go. So, um, I think, and they've got, what's his face, Shea Patterson. So, I, yeah. it's so hard. It's kind of like picking Texas with if you're picking Michigan. You're like, ah, I just don't trust them. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're going to do something stupid. And then there's always Georgia who could make it, you know, yeah. could still make it just I mean, like they did a couple of years ago. From they still got from he had a 
not as good a year last year, I guess. Well, I think he still actually had a really good year. Yeah, he's still at, but, still good, but yeah, not as yeah. Yeah, probably two SEC teams at that point. The but, Clemson I mean, and then Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, really, no one, no one else in the ACC, right? Like, no, not really. No. So Florida State's I guess I get, the doormat now, basically. Yeah. So I guess I mean. The Big 12 is kind of in an okay position to have a one-loss team make it. Um, it just can't be where, you know, that I think one that one-loss loss team a- has to win the – well, obviously. If a one-loss team goes all the way through the season and wins the Big 12 title game, then I think they have a better than 50% chance to make the playoff. Yeah. But so I Considering I two of the spots are already sewed up, uh, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But that's what's yeah. fun about it is you got to let – Got twelve games figured out, so right, yep. So uh, looking forward to it. Obviously, be watching even this weekend. So we'll have a game on Saturday night of Florida versus Miami. Stupid as hell, it's at Disney World or whatever. Um, <laughs> the game day. So I was dumb. reading. I was reading. Did you read the stuff on game day that like basically no one can come unless they're yeah. in Disney World. Like unless they, you outside fans Disney can't World. come in. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. So stupid. So. Uh, so that uh, with the college football opener being a week ahead of normal, um, it will at least um, wet our beaks, um, wet <laughs> our whistles say. maybe too. But um, but yeah, so that'll that'll uh, get something to to get us through this miserably long week, and then next week is <laughs> yeah. as far as game week. Uh, hopefully, next we'll week is just faster. a wash. I mean, it's going to take yeah. a long time to get through the week, but at that point, I mean, who's working anyway? Yeah, you're just refreshing. Twitter to see when the depth chart comes out, imagining other stupid stuff about that is completely irrelevant, but planning your tailgate. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Speaking All of right, tailgating, well, I just wanted to bring this up real quick. I read somewhere that KU has like this tailgating company that basically it's like a valet tailgating. You just show up and they basically set everything up and tear everything down for you. And you have a designated spot and I think you can get food catered and stuff like that. Which I'm sure costs an absurd amount of money, but I don't see what the point is. If I mean, if you're going to tailgate, why? I mean, if, I don't see the you go point. Go to a restaurant it, at that point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of crazy. I didn't read a whole lot on it, but um, yeah. I think it's some sort of company that comes in, and I don't know if more teams in the country have it, but it seemed absurd to me. Seems like some Stanford would have when we were in the crazy place with the trees yeah. and cater wine and cheese and put they a literally were out. eating they were eating wine on tablecloths yep. eating wine eating. they were drinking <laughs> that's how weird they were they were eating <laughs> they wine. were eating it bottles fully but <laughs> and yeah but you could tell all the K State fans with Bush Light and Natty Light and um, Stanford actually having a good were, time yeah um, weird place. Uh, yeah. very weird place Stanford and they don't start school till like November so it was even weirder <laughs> yeah they were still literally in the middle of summer break basically there was I were joking a little bit but it was like second or third week of September let's say like September 12th yeah and they didn't even start for two weeks yeah they still yeah there was no on campus well there's a few but we were walking yes. around and it was like it was the middle of summer on campus. Yeah, not weird. to mention it was weird that it was like a billion degrees too. I didn't think it would be that insane there. But yeah. um, complete side tangent. We were going to go do and do all our predictions um, for the rest of 
like all the sports since we're signing off now for at least a little while. Um, and Dom will be taking over, but I don't know. What, do you want to go into that, make a Super Bowl pick? Um, here <laughs> I and, guess we could get a Super Bowl pick out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of thought about this because I knew we were going to try and make predictions. And yeah. it, it this NFL is hard. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, so you, hard. it's so hard. You you have the Patriots. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't. I don't know. Tom's bad. You don't want to pick. Yeah, you don't want to no. pick them though. Don't want to pick them, but they'll probably be in it. That's just because yeah. how it is. But I was thinking. I mean, honestly, um, I I was between like outside of the Patriots and I don't know who even else, but I was between the Rams. And the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to think between that and the Rams. The only thing with them is Todd Gurley could basically be done with football. Now, I yeah, don't, what's going on? I haven't heard much at all. Yeah. So I, I have no idea what's going on there, which that would be a huge blow because who is there? Is C.J. Anderson still their backup running back? I don't know. He's a bowling ball last year. Sure. Um, so – yeah, I'm going to go. All right, so are you picking Chiefs Rams? Yeah, I think so. All right, I'm going to go Saints out of the NFC. Um, I think Kamara, Thomas, Drew Brees, improved defense. I think. I think they'll be. I think um, the Saints are will make it, and especially if they can somehow finagle into home field, um, and that pass interference gets called. They'll be in good shape. But um, I'll go Saints. And out of the AFC, before the Derwin James injury, I liked the Chargers. Um, I can't choose the Chargers because of Phyllis. So um, <laughs> who should I – I mean, AFC you – can't, you basically you can't pick anyone out of the AFC East because it's the Patriots, and that's so lame to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea, like, what the hell is ever happening with um, – Andrew Luck, or else I would be high on the Colts, but like I heard now he might be hurt again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's what I'm saying. It was so hard to even think of teams. Like, and there's, there's running backs still not signed everywhere. Yeah. Zeke, Melvin. Yeah, and, I mean, you, about picked, you were going to pick the Chargers and Melvin, who knows what's still going on with him. Right. So the AFC South, um, it would be, you know, either Texans or, um, Colts and I don't trust the Texans besides losing the first round of the playoffs every year. Um, <laughs> and then the AFC North, the trendy pick is the Browns. I would love to see the Browns in the Super Bowl, like that would be sick. But <laughs> I see them every morning. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is very true. So in the AFC, um, I'll go Saints. <sighs> Man. Pains me to say it, but I'll go Saints Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the best team. Um, yeah, especially now that I don't think it's right, but now that they have Tyreek Hill back, right, without a suspension, uh, I think that's pr- pretty huge for them. And they've built some better depth at receiver. And Tyron Matthew playing mm-hmm. at defense, and uh, Frank Clark at the end. So yeah, um, they've made the improvements that they needed to. I think for the most part. So yeah. We'll see how the defense does with the new coordinator, but I I just had too much trouble even thinking of anybody else that would seem logical. I mean, you picked the Patriots, right? It's the Patriots and Chiefs, and then, like, 
you got the Colts next if 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 Andrew Luck plays all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't. I mean, we don't know that. And then um, if Melvin Gordon plays, you would you would think the Chargers could compete. Uh, and then I don't I don't really see anyone out of the AFC North being that good as far yeah. as Bengals, Ravens. Definitely not the Bungles. No, Bungles um, are terrible. <laughs> Bungles, Ravens. Uh, Cookie Monster got mad because I said the Ravens weren't going to be very good, and he was like, he thought they were going to be pretty good. I just mean like, I don't know, I meant like seven and nine. I don't know if, uh, maybe I said they'll be the worst, but um, <laughs> but uh, probably overstated. I just don't know about Lamar. And then Pittsburgh, I mean, they could be good. They got a good three guys in Roethlisberger, Connor, and Schuster. But, I mean, losing those two studs is, is tough. So mm-hmm. I don't see that division being that good. But who knows? Maybe the Browns will be as good as everyone says they will be. Yeah, maybe this is a good thing, though, that there's more parity in the NFL this year, it seems like. Because, I yeah. mean, it, who really knows who will be good and who will be bad? There's yeah. and of- The team we didn't talk about is the Bears. We didn't talk any about the NFC North. and yeah. um, Well, that division's locked up by the Bears, so they're yeah. at least making the playoffs, that's for sure. I don't see – I just can't see their defense not being – amazing again like really good again they have so many good players on defense like and then Roquan's only going to get better mm-hmm. um, they have one of the best safeties in the league obviously Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are both amazing Khalil Mack being the third best player in the league probably third or fourth best player mm-hmm. um, like he was the only guy a couple years ago to win all pro at two positions like absurd <laughs> So, um, yeah, the Bears will be really good. Um, we'll see if uh, the Fudgies bounce back this year. Uh, yeah. Don't have Kurt, I, don't, uh, I, I actually don't. Fudgies defender on the cast, so. I actually don't like the Vikings this year that much. I don't know is if Dalvin Cook's healthy or what. Um, and you like that, obviously. You you probably love the Vikings, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, could, I mean, I could see Kirk having a decent year, and if Cook stays healthy the whole year, they've got Thielen and Diggs at receiver. Their offense yeah. should be good. Right. Um, I don't yeah. know who they still have on defense, honestly. They still I mean, got their defensive guys back. I think their DBs will struggle, but they, I mean, they got Barr and uh, Kendricks at linebackers still. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, it's a it's a tough division. So mm-hmm. all, all right, right, well, that's pretty it's much you got the. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, I guess uh I'll do my beer. Um I only had half a beer since half of it's on the floor. <laughs> so I still gotta clean up, which is devastating. Um didn't really like it that much. I don't know if it's cause the can had uh cacti on it, which a prickly pear is a, a cac a form of cactus, isn't it? I yeah, no sound, I have no it seems clue. like it. I mean that would be the logical thing to call a cactus is a prickly pear. Since it's got spikes all over it. Yeah. Um, but I just, it seemed like every time, maybe this is what they're going for. Every time I took a drink, I was almost tasting like cactus. Ooh. Which I don't know if it's a good thing. The wasn't spikes. for me particularly. Um, it still wasn't like anything super crazy, but I just didn't really like the the taste of it that much. It was a pretty, wow. pretty mild beer, but didn't like the taste. So Medium, medium. Yeah. Pretty medium. Right right in the medium scale. I'll give it a 7 out of 16. 
kind of disappointing if this ends up being the final beer review ever that I didn't give <laughs> didn't give a super hot one. But uh, uh, should have gotten yeah. a tanky or something for the, yeah. for the last got review. Should have got the top of the scale, but yeah, it was all right. Um, I don't know what else. You got any final thoughts? Final, final thoughts? Final, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like we said, we're signing off for a while. I'm not sure when we'll be back and at it or if we will, but um, I had fun. Uh, it was a, a good time, obviously, catching up um, with everyone, um, talking football, talking nonsense. But, um, but yeah, so hopefully leading into football season, you know, it'll be a, a good fall and a busy fall. I'm going to a couple K-State games, so I'll be down there. Um, super looking forward to the one where I'm flying in to Manhattan. Uh, that'll right. be cool. You're not going to even really know what to do with yourself, probably. Yeah, I know. It's sweet. So I'm flying in Thursday, flying out Sunday. Like, perfect times. Obviously, I know to expect delays because Mike always gets delayed. Uh, <laughs> but that's but also I, just because I have the worst luck in history. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, not necessarily the airport's fault all the time. It's just my luck. Yeah, that's true. So that'll be sweet because I'll be in Thursday night and we're all going to try and meet up or something on Friday. Um, even though Kurt, once again, can't go to the game on Saturday against Baylor. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and then I'll, I'll probably be definitely back at the Iowa State game if that's uh, Thanksgiving. Um, and then uh, maybe the West Virginia game too in, in November. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And then I'm actually going to a game at Camp Randall, um, the second week of the year, which is Wisconsin stadium. So, wow. Who are they playing? Uh, just playing a butthole team because central Michigan, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, Fighting puffs. Yeah, that's right. So they, uh, that'll be fun. Um, it's the time we play Bowling Green. So I'll have to watch on my phone which is fine and because the game's at 2.30, so we'll be tailgating or whatever, drinking. I don't know what we're going to do, um, <laughs> really, but haven't been there, and so that'll be cool. like to visit new stadiums. So, uh, Are you going to stay there or leave after the game? Uh, I think we're probably just going to do just a Saturday, drive up early in the morning and leave after. Um, yeah. hadn't, hadn't thought a ton about it, but um, yeah, I would imagine hotels would be kind of expensive, but we, we, we might be able to drive a little ways. Yeah, actually, um, the Cubs play the Brewers that weekend, too, so you could kind of double dip, but Whoa. I don't know if we'll do that. Yeah, that'd be nutty. Sports right? overload weekend. That'd be insane. That's true, but I don't even want to think about baseball anymore. So um, Yeah, baseball's over. Kind of, it's yeah, all the baseball. World Series, basically, and I only say the yeah. World Series unless the Cubs are in it, then that's the only that's thing. True. Yeah, that's true. All right, so, yeah, that's all I That's all I guess. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I don't think this will be the last ever time. I don't know. I just can't see it. But uh, it's been echo everything Sam said. It's been fun to catch up. I'm sure once football season comes, we might have some stuff we need to vent about and just throw a podcast out there or something. But um, yeah, we'll see. So um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. All right. Words well, of, uh, goodbye. Yeah. Signing off. Signing <laughs> off. Chef In the words Sam. of uh, Winnie the Pooh, ta-ta for now. <laughs> <laughs>